<laughs> we need to keep this podcast volume down because uh, Mike's a little bit hungover and we're recording this one in the morning. Is so it the morning? Is It's 10 a.m., Mike. Oh. That is the morning. I've never recorded a podcast before 5 p.m. before. Like, I don't no. actually know... I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever achieved anything of value before eleven AM. I, I, I well, think that's true. That's that's not going to change today. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're just gonna. Everyone, we're just gonna have a just, chill yeah. podcast. I've had my scrambled we'll talk eggs. About, is that, oh, scrambled, lovely, oh, lovely. It's good to be hangover breakfast. I had I had two burgers because I've been up since five AM because my <laughs> brain is a mess. No, okay. three half past three. I got up today. That's fine. Um. But yeah, so so Mike. Yeah. What do you want to go off topic about this time? <laughs> oh, I'm the one who goes off topic. Yeah, I mean, it is always you, isn't it? it? Is You're always. always... I, I I drift around topics. I just I go off on one. I get into my little zone, and you know, it's annoying. I understand. I apologize. I'll tell you what, Mike. As yeah. a co-host of this show, I think it's it's perfectly like w- within your abilities, even at 10 a.m. and while yeah. while hungover. To explain exactly what episode of Strange New World we were supposed to have watched and what film. Yeah. We were supposed to have watched, and we did, or I did. I think you did as well. Uh, Strange New World's Symphony, something Symphony, the musical one. Subspace Rhapsody. Subspace Rhapsody. And we were also watching Top Gun Maverick. Um, Yes. So, yeah, we can... HD remake of Top Gun. Yes. Literally for the opening like few minutes, hundred percent. Me actually, actually checked. I put the right film on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's it's, it's um, definitely yeah. It's a legacy sequel. I and and as someone who has studied a particular legacy sequel quite a bit by the same director. Which one? Um, Which one? Tron oh, the same director. Yeah. Tron oh. oh yeah. Oh no, that's why. Oh, that yeah. explains a yeah. lot of things that I was about to say. Because okay. I was going to say that I bet you really like this film just because the opening is literally from Tron. There you are. Where, where he's doing the, the Dark Star, whatever that cool looking plane is about. The fake plane that I really want to make a model kit of and they've never made a model kit of and it breaks my heart. <sighs> That's madness. You know what else is madness? <clears throat> Hot Toys have never made a Wong figure. Have they not? a Wong figure? No. It's like the guy holds together the MCU at the moment. Where's my Wong figure? Is that because maybe it might be the actor doesn't want to do it? Although no, the likeness is that the actor wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> the likeness would be part of the deal. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's surprising. I saw. I I met him once in a corridor. Oh, what corridor? Any famous corridor? Was it like it a... was New York Comic Con? I think we just we oh, just okay. come off stage doing um. Uh, John Wick events and uh, yeah, no, nice bloke. Yeah, oh, that's good to know. He seems like one of those nice ones. Yeah, he's uh, he's British, fellow, isn't he? He's uh... no, he's he's the Sorcerer Supreme. He lives in New York City. Mike. Oh, apologies, my bad. Yeah, I often struggle to separate reality and fiction, which definitely made that's what makes this rhapsody. podcast magical. In fairness. I was trying to. I've just worked something out. I was trying to work out what connects these two things that we watch because there's got to be a theme, right? They've always, you know, and we're kind of maybe this podcast slightly stretches that. But last uh, time I've it was got like it. a group of a group of young people trying unsuccessfully to emulate the heroes of the past. 
But no, because the Star Trek ones are way more successful than the original. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk Star Trek. I think we're going to be split on Star Trek. Well, okay. So just my first, actually the thing I've worked out what the thing is right. Yeah. That ties them together. These are the two things that I want to show J.J. Abrams before he made Star Trek and Star Wars, <laughs> respectively. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be like, look, make Star Trek like this. And make Star Wars like this, <laughs> and everything's going to be better. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, we'll start with Star Trek. So I, that was my favourite episode of Star Trek ever. Okay. We, we I've do watched differ. It, I've watched it three times. <laughs> Fair play. I am a sucker for a musical. Um, I adored every second of it. Uh, I, I I vaguely remember there was a musical episode coming, but when they started singing, it was legitimately a surprise. <laughs> nice. So that's, uh, that's a fun if, moment, yeah, yeah, for sure. That is a fun moment. And then they were like, yeah, it's a reality where there's musicals. And I'm like, perfect, yeah. Here's an idea. Let's write a Star Trek series set in that reality next. Let's just do it. Just do, right? do a season of Star Trek that's all musical. Yes. Okay. Musical TV shows are great. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Uh, <laughs> You've got um, oh the something the ex, not crazy ex girlfriend. Oh, crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah, yeah crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah. I'm literally I've got um uh, Rachel Bloom's autobiography up there. That is ah. one of the the best TV shows ever made. Does Fly of the Concords you, count? If, yes, I'm counting Fly of the Concords. It has lots of musicals. It has loads. Muppets. Ah, oh, loads. Mm. <laughs> Muppets is that musical guest. Fly of the Concords. Yeah, see, you could do that. Yeah, do the do the because Crazy Ex-Girlfriend like is an amazing show. Like I think that title held it back. Mm. Um, and until you watch the damn show, you go, "Oh, this is." A, and then you watch one episode, go, "Oh, I see what you're doing." Yeah. Oh, and it took me a while to get to it. Um, but I listen to those soundtracks, the soundtracks of those all the time because they are incredible. But yeah, could you imagine? Like you only need like two or three songs an episode. You just have normal Star Trek yeah. stuff, but then you know characters break out into song. Mm. Um, I I am I I don't know what you didn't like about it, and I'm scared to ask, so I'm not going to. So let's talk about Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll say I'll say what I did like about it. So I'm you know I'm a massive musical nerd. Yes, it, I thought it was a terrible musical. I I thought it didn't feel. I am sure very talented people worked on it. I have no idea why. But I think, well, I, I'll break down my opinions of why, like, creatively. I have no idea why it worked out this way, but I thought that was genuinely just the songs weren't songs. They were people talking when music was playing, and then they kept going on and on and on. And, and it was not, there was no poetry to it. There was no, it broke a bunch of, like basic to me kind of songwriting i just didn't like it i i really i can get very nerdy on it but i i just kind oh, of get really nerdy hungover nerdy musical mike this okay. is a new side all right the ai is gonna love this so all your data it's gonna be like, gonna oh, this is all, oh yeah. yeah i once i once had a music a meeting with someone because i'm the top search result if you type musical and video game into google i assume now that's not the case because of the Austin and Troy's thing. Musical video game. I've searched for it. Uh, it's gonna no, be there is a top. There's a the top fifty musical video games. 
I didn't know there was one. Yeah, apparently there's just lots stray of stray gods. gods. Will, stray gods will have taken it over. I was because yeah. I did. I did an interview about wanting to do one years ago, but yeah, stray gods has absolutely. Oh no, Mike! I hate to say this to you, but I scrolled down before you even appear. Yeah, uh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker appears. So. <laughs> well, yeah, because stray gods. Yeah. That's that's he's take he's taking over. Nah, I mean that's Troy. He's 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 a he's a hero. He's he he attracts the light. I don't mind it. Um, but back hey, then, Google doesn't have pages anymore. You just keep scrolling. Just keep oh, that's scrolling. weird. Oh, I, oh, don't I like never it. noticed that. Mm. Oh. Anyway, like um. So yeah, no, I um. So I'm a big musical theater nerd. The the biggest the biggest issue is for me is that the songs in this are written like dialogue put to music rather than songs there's no through thread there's no um there's no cohesion to it and there's no there's they don't they don't follow song structure they don't and a lot of this is just well it's not written like the songs that i like but it's not written like the songs that i like it's got yeah. kind of the it's got a lot of um pastiche like it's definitely trying to sound like other musicals in different points and i'd say that the songs that are trying hardest to sound like other musicals are the ones mm-hmm. that work just because through the repetition of the or, or even just pop songs the the um amy winehouse knockoff is probably the only song i barely remember i'm is, ready yeah, which yeah, which is that one. Yeah. That one's that one's a, that's. I'd say that's solid. Um, and I think that where, is the one I've listened to the most because that has that sort of breathy. It, uh, Jess Bush has that Amy Winehousey breathy voice, but it's also a song. There's a, a song. there's an emotional uh, resonance to it. There's a a story being told within the song that, that then contributes to a greater story. The, the, there's a lot, and then just daft stuff like not using the the skills of the performers in the right places. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not really knowing what to do with. So, so clearly, like we found Anson Mount's one weakness. Um, yeah, like <laughs> which is good. It's good to know he's bad at something. It's good to know he's bad at something. But like, yeah, but he's still better than me. <laughs> But there, they kind of just don't give him anything to do because of it. And it's like, no, there is a long history in musical theatre of the part for the the actor who you want to get because it's a big name but can't sing. Almost every yeah. musical has a character, a role that is specifically, you know, Tenardier in Les Mis or the club owner in Rock of Ages or like name a musical, there's going to be a part in that that is specifically designed and written. Scar in um, The Lion King. Rolls Mother's though. Treasure Island. Just the whole thing. Oh, there's the human treasure. character in that. The human ca- Yeah, there's yeah. a human character who is played by... Uh, Tim... What's his name? Tim Curry, yes. Yep. And he has a great song. I've not seen that it. movie. I will see You've that. Not movie. seen Muppets Treasure we'll Island. We'll get to it. That's, add that to the list. Watching all the Muppets. No, no, movies. no, no. Wait, no. We need to stop recording it. You need to go watch Muppets Treasure Island right now. Absolutely not going to happen. 
Um, that is the worst thing you've ever said. I've heard some <laughs> of the stuff you say when the microphone's off, Mike. Like, <laughs> I do say some pretty cancelable shit once Mike, we stop recording. It's true, Mike. Yeah, it's a Disney film, Mike. It's a, it's, it is it's, now. It's yeah, the best, it's the best film. Mike. I will. I will go away and I'll watch that. I like. I no, like that's Planet. podcast. That's next week's podcast. Mike watches Muppet Treasure <laughs> Island. Deal. Okay, I will go and watch Muppets Muppet Treasure Island for next week. <laughs> But like, yeah. Have so, you seen Muppets Christmas Carol? We're not doing. Oh, every year. Yeah. Okay. Times, so why have vinyl. you not seen yeah. Treasure Island, which is like on par with Christmas Carol? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I guess. I guess I'm just unlucky. But I'm going to fix it before next week. Let's get back to this. Focus, Dad. Come on. No, I, I physically can't. You're a grown ass man who hasn't seen Muppets Treasure Island. I'm a grown ass man who's going to watch Muppets <laughs> Treasure Island at some point in the next week. That's sickening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. CBC. No, that's fucking. That's the. I'm writing it down. You're right. You are in your big book of things Mike's pissed you off about. <laughs> big, big number one volume. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm just gonna write. Oh, I forgot you really didn't like volume. <laughs> I get people. I get more people come up to me and tell me they love volume than most of my other games. They're wrong. I know. Well, I, 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 I know that you feel that way. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not one to judge. I'm always surprised though, because I think I think your hatred of volume has stayed with me to the extent that I I've internalized a little bit. Um, <laughs> Wait, because volume is like subset space rhapsody to Metal Gear Solid Two's musicals. Ouch. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but Mike. But Mike, I really oh. like Some Say's Rhapsody. It's my favourite, and I'll talk about it a lot forever. So it'll still have fans, just the absolute nerd. It's like the ones who oh, are like... Oh, this is the, the cruelest thing. absolute nerds I'm, I'm getting, of that I'm getting specific out, thing. I'm getting out my book. My big book of things now, so they hurt <laughs> me, and I'm writing that in that book. Jesus. Volume 3. Uh, yeah, exactly. Volume 3, page 974. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, so, <clears throat> so my point is, I guess... There's an amazing Captain Pike song to write where it's basically, I mean, um, uh, I'm the very model model of a modern age general. Again, a song designed for someone who cannot sing. There's mm-hmm. so many things you can do in musical theatre to kind of accommodate and give a really big moment for someone who's not as technically talented. And then you have other performers who are clearly quite bloody good that they don't use as strongly. Um, like, yeah. why was this not a Uhura story? Oh like, my god, that's what's that song called? Um, Keep <clears throat> us connected. Yeah, not a good song, but she's damn the voice. Some, I'd, I'd like that song. I must admit, but yeah, she's got what's what's the actress's name? Celia something Gooding. I'm terrible at remembering the names. Other than Celia Nancy Mountain, I aspire Gooding. to grow into. I like to remember them all. Yeah, I like to respect the people. You respect the craft in a way that I don't. You're absolutely right. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just, I, I just, it didn't, it wasn't playing the cards that had been dealt well. And then in terms of the songs themselves, um, they're just not. They didn't feel like cohesive. I'm not going to be walking down the street humming them. They're they're not interesting melodically. They're and they are dialogue put to music. It feels like the writing process was that a traditional uh, TV writer wrote chunks of dialogue that they wanted the character to say, and then that was put to music and some rhymes were put in, rather than 
let's work like a lyricist and build this out like a poem. I went back because I, I, I had that reaction to it. And then I was I was like, no, but this episode definitely is aimed directly at me. So I watched it again a second time. I was like, I'm still not. And this was this week. I watched it a second time this week. I went, this is still not good. Am I just being it? So I went and I watched the, I, I think the, the, the episode of TV that we have to blame for every musical episode ever, which is uh, once more with feeling from Buffy, right? Okay, is this the point where I say I've never seen Buffy? And you go, what the fuck? Have you ever seen... No. So you've never seen Once More With Feeling, then? Nope. So Once More With Feeling is an episode of Buffy, Vampire Slayer, from... I think it's in the fifth season. Mm-hmm. And it's at a point in the all of the characters... It's, it's brilliant places. I will give them credit on this. Structurally, this is the right place to do this episode because you have a lot of heightened emotions for all the characters. Everything, everyone's been building to a crescendo, which is exactly where they should be. And the same is mm-hmm. true of that Buffy episode. But in that Buffy episode, which has aged badly, which is reasonable given that it doesn't have a writer, um, it basically, uh, every song in it is a solid pop song, musical number. All of them move the plot forward while being character-led. All of them work independently. And once you, if you watch that episode, you're going to find yourself singing odd songs from it for a week afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's so phenomenally successful that it's basically at least in my memory the episode that then every tv show started having a musical episode and a lot do now yeah. i think angel did a i think angel did a puppets episode i think they did a like a <laughs> muppet episode that was their gimmicky episode I but yeah think, i don't think any puppet episode has ever been good i don't except no. for Scrubs, which had an episode that just had Sesame Street characters in it, and the best version of the Sesame Street song. Ah, oh, that's a good episode. I, I don't think Scrubs. I've seen Scrubs that. had a great musical episode. Scrubs' musical episode is <clears throat> it's a tough thing What's... to do, and I think I think it works in Buffy well... because it's already kind of heightened, but it's also also just they're just better songs. I mean, basically, and they're well written. They have interesting. Uh, humorous lyrics they work they're not dialogue they they're poetry i think that's the thing that's the that's the if i can sum up my whole problem with this episode the songs aren't poetry they're dialogue and that that kills it for me because there's so much you can do with a musical number and it's fun to have like it's nice to have a couple of talky singy songs like i say but you give them to your performers who aren't very good singers and then you have really big character arc moments which of which the her song and the um amy winehouse song are the are the closest to doing that right and i'd say get close but then just are let down by the complete sorry sorry boring this is this is, this is christina chong erasure this is this is uh that's the i care i retroactively care about her and kirk's not relationship that never happened in the past see i don't when, I don't. I oh, want I to. And she's got a great voice as well, actually. Fair play. Yeah, she was great. Um, but the song's not giving me... She's, again, like, the, the, the issue here isn't the actors. Like, the, she's she's doing what she can, but the, it's not a song. It's a, it's, a, it's a piece of dialogue said with some notes. And Maybe that's why I like this episode a lot, because I, I don't really like music, but I do like dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I would love you 
If you can ignore... I, I, I'd love you too, Mike. I love oh. you. Oh, I do love you. I do love you. You know that. <laughs> I, I would love you to go... <laughs> I would love you to go and watch Once More with Feeling on Disney Plus and ignore the five or six jokes which very clearly telegraph things we would find out later. Um, Josh Whedon, is it? Yeah. yeah. There's some stuff in there where you're like, oh... Oh, this wasn't. I don't remember thinking this was an issue when I was a teenager watching this the first time. But boy, howdy! But there's some stuff in it. Is it, there's? Let me give one example. Um, there is a there. There is obviously Buffy is full of love triangles in this. In obviously, I thought it's full of vampires, but I've never seen a second of it. Okay, well, it's about vampires and love triangles because it's about teenagers. But there is oh, a mm. there is a vampire who is in love with Buffy, but Buffy does not feel the same way. And he has a rock opera song called Let Me Rest in Peace about how he's dealing with those feelings. Mm-hmm. There is nothing as witty as that joke or as interesting or as... And, and all of the metaphor, you know, his love buries him six feet under, you know, blah, 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 blah. All mm-hmm. of those lyrics... There's nothing as as good from like a musical writing point of view to my mind as that in in this Star Trek episode. They the closest they get is there's a couple. Here's a good example: the Spock song, like, no, the very first song where what is it? There, um, this is the other thing. I can't remember any of the lyrics, even though I've listened. I re-listened to this a bunch of times to try and talk myself into like status report. Status report. There you go. That that when that first kicks in. I'm like, yes, that's how Spock would sing a song. It's kind of dry. There's no passion to it. Um, it's it's very staccato. It, it makes sense. That's a Vulcan song. That's very, oh, no, why are all the other characters singing in the same way and saying the same lyrics? Why why are yeah. the board, why, why, are, why is that happening? This is not, no, 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 stop it. You're all talking, you're all, they all sing like Vulcans. And that genuinely might be that might be the problem they wrestled with because the thing with Star Trek has, has been at least since next gen and arguably a bit in the first series, but definitely from next gen onwards, it has been a very, it's not a super emotional show at its core, although that's shifted, which I think is a good thing in, in the more recent stuff, but it's also, um, there's a heightened dialogue, right? It's, they're all talking in like Californian writing room doing 50% Shakespeare style, yeah. right? There's that kind of heightened thing. And I do wonder if that's part of it, that in a musical context, taking that kind of very heightened language and we are going to talk with absolutely, uh, we're not going to, oh, God, what's the word for contractions? We're not going to use a contraction. There's a line mm-hmm. Data says where, where he doesn't, or Data doesn't use contractions in TNG. No one fucking uses contractions in TNG. Because this is a, just as a point, Data does use contractions before he says that line. Thank you. Just for the nerds, that's one for the nerds. He does oh, that's use fun. contractions. That's fun. But but very early episodes, he's using a left front fucking center, mate. There's the... <laughs> well, but Star Trek. My point is, Star Trek is trying to sound cleverer via language. Like it definitely does do that, and there's a definite yeah. tone and dryness to Star Trek scripts as a result. And I do wonder if they kind of. I wonder if that was a harder challenge than say doing a musical episode of uh, a show about teenagers who talk like Quentin Tarantino characters, but not quite as good. Yeah. Like if you've got more, if you can do more zingers, if you can have 
characters be a bit more arch. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe they sat down and went, okay, well, what does a Star Trek song sound like? And the answer was kind of boring. Um, oh my god, you just describe it, describe why I love it, Mike. Like, there's so much emotion <laughs> in music. Like, I hate it. I just want everything to be logical and cold. Yeah, and people to sing about their feelings because that's a good way of getting them out. Yeah, you have and... to sing them out. You have to dig them up from down deep and bring them up. But when you but when you do that, you should express that emotionally via the lyrics as well as the music. <laughs> I will say this: like there was some good, there was good, some good, there was some good music again. I don't know that I don't know what happened. I don't know with this production, so I might be completely out of order and wrong, but it sounded like a writer's room who write TV shows trying to write songs with alongside a composer who wrote score for TV shows. It didn't feel like there was anyone in the room who had written a song before. I'm Googling it. You're gonna find out that they got like fucking Sondheim to as his they last got project. Kay Hanleyin, who is best known as the vocalist for the alternative rock band Letters to Cleo. I I've yeah, never heard of Letters to Cleo. <laughs> I might <laughs> be like, wrong. Maybe she has written a musical, but that doesn't sound like someone. Like I would. <gasps> no fucking way. What? No fucking wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I looked up, a, I'm on Wikipedia, I've looked up a discography. Soundtrack, she's done soundtracks for things. Yeah. In 2003, no. apparently, she did the soundtrack for Sonic Heroes. Oh, I thought you were going to say she did fucking uh, Buffy. <laughs> I was going to be no. like, that's amazing. No, she she did. It doesn't say what thing she did. Apparently, composing things. Sonic, Sonic Hero. I mean, but I have literally the Sonic Hero soundtrack on my computer at all times. Like, <coughs> that's amazing. Well, maybe could... there you go then. Maybe I mean, I, a lot of what I'm saying could just be honestly. So what you're saying is this: uh, the only thing that could have improved this episode was Knuckles. I don't think it would have diminished the episode to have had Knuckles in it, though. That's a crossover. I want to say just Sonic and Knuckles on the <laughs> foreshadowing. Oh shit! I gotta no. tell you. I gotta tell you. What? How's that foreshadowing? It's not. It's not. I was doing a bit. But I do have to tell you, because I know I've said foreshadowing, it's reminded me. So my team, so obviously with all the, when we're not getting into it, Dan, we are not getting into it. But with Unity, with the Unity Unity stuff that's been going on, my team, of course, have been investigating other engines and and doing some experiments, playing with stuff. And uh, someone who was looking into Godot found like a, a webpage that kind of explains um, some of the flaws in Godot, like you know, pr- issues with its code. Have you heard this? Has anyone yeah. told you the story yet? No, I don't know people like okay. you. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> you're my window. I'm your window. <laughs> you're so, my window into an industry that I love. You so and Tim re- Schafer, like... So we're reading this doc, and I I read like the first like couple of uh, paragraphs of it, and then left other people to read the whole thing through. But uh, throughout the doc, there's basically a refrain where. Uh, where the guy's like, oh, um, you know, it would be really stupid if Godot did it this way because that's very technically daft. No one would ever do that, dot, 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 foreshadowing, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it's, for the whole doc is doing that joke. And of course the joke is that Godot does a lot of things in, in ways that this person felt were, were off. Yeah. And then at the very end, in the footnotes, which my team screen grabbed and sent to me, it says... 
I'll also thanks to Mike Biffle for this joke that I stole from him. So, oh my God. person who wrote that documentation, my team found it very, very useful, and we really appreciated <laughs> it. And they all laughed at me because I continue to be best known for this daft fucking podcast that I recorded with you, Dan. <laughs> and it, 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 honestly, I just loved it, and my team mocked me for it. So, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really useful. That was a really useful thing. Um, that is legitimately incredible. You've, people you've come up just... to me now more I about know, this show I than know, anything it's else. Weird. My Wikipedia lists me as a game developer slash podcaster. Oh, Do you have any idea the anymore? anger that causes in me? <laughs> yeah, it should be podcaster slash, slash game, game designer. Design. Yeah, okay. All right. Oh, All right. My, I'm a YouTuber, author, and actor. It feels like that's the wrong order. Oh my god, that's a horrible picture of me. Oh, I'm back to the Wikipedia page now. Let's have a look. This is very relatable content. You ever hang out with your friends and look at each other's Wikipedia uh, pages? Oh, Associated Acts, Mike Bithell. Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) You're right. Oh, Oh, that's an amazing picture of you. You can't see half your face. Oh, look at that. Oh, on your one it says he co- also co-hosts the Star Trek and Fast and Furious podcast to Too Fast 10 Forward with longtime friend, British YouTuber, spelt wrong, and comedic author, Daniel Hardcastle. It's amazing. That's in your opening paragraph. <laughs> we're, we're listing, if they had to summarize your life in a single paragraph, it ends with my name. And our friendship. He is best defined <laughs> yeah. by his friend. friend. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I I remember. I need to have a look. I remember someone sent sent me in the history for my page. There is an argument about whether I'm in any way noteworthy. Someone sent me that. Uh, I'll see if that's still raging. I lost mine for the longest time. It went away, and then I wrote a book, and it came back. <laughs> oh dear. I'm see. So I was about to say you unlocked a memory when you were talking about musicals. Um. Didn't Xena Warrior Princess have a musical episode? Probably. Have oh, that I... might predate Buffy. Have I imagined this? I'm going to Google this now. Xena. It's good content just Googling shit at each other. This is, this is, this is what people tune in for. Anyone who makes it to the half hour mark in this podcast, is, they've made their choices. Oh, it linked to an episode. Oh my god, it did. It's called The Bittersweet. But sweet is spelled S-U-I-T-E. Oh, that's good. So when was that? Uh, when did that come out? 1998. That mm. must predate Buffy. Especially if it was like season five, you said? Uh, this episode started, yeah. Yeah, this episode started trying to many non-musical live action TV shows doing at least one musical episode. So it's Xena is the actual start. Fair play. Oh, there, there we go. There's some there's some knowledge I've dug up from a pop quiz somewhere. I love it. No, that's good. That is a useful... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fuck you, Buffy. It's all about Xena. <laughs> I do like that the next episode of this podcast is going to be our musical episode where we're just going to watch Muppets Treasure Island and Once More with Feeling. 
and that was just a random one episode of a, a Star Trek and Mission Impossible it's, slash Tom Cruise. It's what people come here for. I I feel I feel I'm not sure I can fully recommend Once More with Feeling to a modern audience though. <laughs> There's well, some stuff like, where it's like, like uh, you have and it's happening. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm watching. Welcome I'm to... watching. Uh, I'm watching Frasier at the moment while I do stuff oh. and some and it's wonderful. And then every now and again there'll be a joke where it's like, oh no, oh no, yeah. no 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 no. It's um, mostly fantastic it's mostly fantastic which is what makes it's what makes it weird when it does when when they hit you with a curveball of like oh i'm watching a show from the 90s aren't i yeah yeah (laughs) or if you look into fraser's political opinions no i won't i refuse to do it i make assumptions (laughs) i'm sure that everything's fine and there's a no reason at all that the brother is not in the new series it's fine (laughs) i don't need to look into that it's fine. Have you seen the trailer for the new series? I did, and I was... It's interesting seeing Nicholas Lindhurst again, because yeah. he's not been... Yeah. Well, because I've not... Have you seen him in anything since, like... Only Falls and Horses. Good Night Sweetheart is what I think of, yeah. Which, um, I wonder how that's aged, Good Night Sweetheart. I don't know. I... Only Falls and Horses has aged well. Mmm... In the fact that it is a reflection of the time that evolves. So when a show yes. starts, that tends to be the tone of it going all the way through. But there are terms that Del Boy uses regularly that are now considered to be... I was be... going to say, I saw a very good uh, post because um, <laughs> yeah, my mate Rahul was watching it and liking it. And then... Yeah. Uh... Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that that language and that approach sort of falls away as it goes on. And I, I, I just thought that was you sort of you see him literally the character is like because he's with the people, mm. he has to be with the people. Oh that's like cool. and as that as soon as that became like a, a problematic thing, it's gone. Interesting. Like so it's basically all the fucking sins of the earth are in that show, but it evolves as it goes on and it just becomes a kinda I think we talked about this before. Like there's there's a a gay character in it. Like they have a, 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 in one episode, there's a gay character, and he's the fact he's gay is kind of it's only there to prove that he's not like with Dell's girl. Like and he, it is innocent. It's kind of a way of just proving innocence, but it's never like mocked or like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. in that episode. It just feels it's good. It's a good show. You just need to be very <laughs> braced. Yeah, from the first episode. <laughs> It's the best TV show Britain's ever made. I'll hold on to that. For yeah, as long as I, I maybe can. I, maybe I need to, yeah, maybe I need to give that another chance. I um. Yeah. Anyway, we've drifted. We've drifted. I so You're yeah. Right. I, we I, haven't I, talked about the Doctor Who trailer yet that came out yesterday. That's looking Bizarrely, good. Bizarrely, the minute I finished uh, uh, writing and finishing off that that draft of my book, and oh, I that's went nice. pen down. It literally came out the same minute. Oh, that's great. Which was. Uh, yeah, that looks fucking incredible, doesn't it? That's um. I can't wait. The, the production values have uh, taken a significant raise. <laughs> like I was on, yes. like when they're landing at Avengers HQ slash units, I was like, oh yeah. okay, okay. No, I look forward to that, that one. I don't mind saying it. Two that. seasons I don't ago, unit was shut down. I'm excited. Oh, we should do a podcast on it, Mike. We absolutely can't, but it would be nice to. 
I agree. We'll mention it. We'll be doing this. We'll absolutely wander into it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's it's a show we are excited for. Like, really, I'm I'm excited. Because we've got four (laughs) episodes this year. Do they, how quickly do they get past the David Tennant stuff? Because I'm looking forward to that. But I'm excited to see the new guy. So November, there's three episodes in November. Yeah. Which is Tenant Special 1, Tenant Special 2, Tenant Special 3, which I assume will take place over three Saturdays. Yeah. Um, which means there won't be anything airing specifically on the 50th, 60th anniversary. Um, it'll be a couple of days after it, but like I always think it's better just to put it on a, you don't want it on a Thursday, double yeah. Thursday kind of TV show, is it? No. Um, and then this Christmas is uh, the first episode with Shooty Gatwa as the Doctor. He's getting a Christmas special. Great. So, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Oh, they have wait. wrapped season one, and I believe they're well into production of season two. Um, so it's the machine is like going now, like <coughs> full power. Yeah. Everything is, it looks, yeah. I'm hyped. It genuinely looks beautiful. I can't wait. Um, and we've only seen like, so there's three specials. The first one is whatever Beep the Meep's doing. Um,. Um, what you know, in reintroducing Donna to an audience. Yeah. The second one has was shot entirely on a closed set, and apart from the stuff in the trailers, which is like three scenes, we know nothing about. Okay. That's the one that's got me kind of uh, oh. Uh, and then the third episode, we've got Neil Patrick Harris as right. the Celestial Toy Maker. Mm-hmm. He's um, having a lot of fun in that way that Neil Patrick Harris only he can have. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen the Celestial Toymaker since. Well, I'm I'm not young enough to have seen the Celestial Toymaker because those episodes were lost. Like the third season of First Doctor. Oh, really? Like the third season, yeah, nineteen sixty something. You know, like oh, he's been oh. gone for a while. Like he's oh, been in novels my... and audios and stuff, but like they're bringing back like the guy from years, and, like fifty plus years ago. Nice. Um, so that's why the Doctor's like, oh god. I don't have a memory. <laughs> it's vaguely remember you, like, um, but yeah. There's a that's fun. Very cool. Oh god, I'm so excited for it. We're yeah, and then you. and then yeah. So we have got those three, and then um, we've got a festive special starring Shooty Gatwa uh, this year. Nice. And then we will spring off into a full series. I'm not entirely sure when the full series is. If Russell's kind of going back to his old ways, it might be as early as March. So like, we had this big break. After old Chip has fucked off, and then it's just going to be like the Doctor Who engine is going. Yeah, it's I'm like looking forward to seeing how it goes. Got, like spin-offs and shit and everything, and it's exciting. I hope, yeah, and no, I, I hope, I hope they can maintain the quality while doing absolutely everything. I'm excited though, and if anyone can yeah. do it, it's Russell T. So I'm excited. I'm yeah. hyped. Yeah, we got to stop talking about it now because it's illegal. Because. Um... <laughs> Well, we're very much colleagues, Mike's... Dan. You know, very much colleagues. Obviously, Your both colleagues of us taking Russell. key roles on uh, interesting sci-fi properties. You know, the, the House of Mouse. <laughs> you know, it's fine. And speaking of um, Disney, wait, uh, I was trying to think of Loki. That's not soon. Can't talk Loki's about soon. Loki's soon. I think. Uh, it's good because I finished my book. I can actually enjoy this series of Loki. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like the same, I'm like, ah, people know I finished it. Fuck it. Um, yeah, Loki is, uh, we've got Loki, we've got Echo, I'm really looking forward to Echo, I, I really like the, the down on the ground Hawkeye mm. and all that sort of shit, that's, that's kind of my, 
I like the absolutely insane and the down on the ground stuff. Yeah, and and that that's what Marvel does best at the moment. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Echo. There's a load going on in there. I haven't seen any of the new films. I'm really behind on the films. I haven't even got as far as Ant Man yet. I but, um... love Ant Man. I love. <gasps> Mike, shh, Mike, stop talking. They're on the other line. <laughs> you see it crackling. <laughs> I. What did I like? I really liked. Um, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Three is yeah. fucking excellent. Um, hard in places, but excellent. I I yeah. I really liked um, Doctor Strange. I think that one's a bit more controversial, but I really, I honestly just love a bit of Sam Raimi. Can't None get enough. This house that is one of my favorite Marvel films. Mm. I adored the Sam Raiminess of it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The, Shines through, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's the one where I'm like, I'm getting the toys from that one. I'm getting the you know that's all the hot toys. I'm gonna get all those. Like that's the one that I've watched loads of times. I think that one and Spider Man was so good. Like that was like a little a twofer. I thought that was really strong. I don't know people are like they're not setting anything up. Like, I don't care. Just give me movies that are that good. Yeah, and that kind of ballsy and stuff. And like it's just that's such a Sam Raimi film. I love a bit of Sam Raimi. He's a lot of it. I, I forgot how much of it there is in that like original Spider Man trilogy. It's good to watch because you're like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff. This is filmmaking, man. They don't do it like this anymore. They don't have random first-person views. <laughs> <We're chilling. laughs> uh, and speaking of excellent choreography, we'll dive from Disney into the world of Paramount. Uh, because Planes can Gun? dance. What? What's happening? What's going on? Planes can dance. Dancing planes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, well, we, uh, excuse me. We, we had dancing spaceships. Uh, in some space rapidly in the final song with the, the rotating with the Klingons behind it, which I thought was very nice. Oh, we haven't even talked about the Klingons. No, song, apologies. Was... No, not nice. No, that really annoyed me. The Klingon song. Klingons. This is where my musical theatre nerdery combines with my Star Trek nerdery. Klingons. They're operatic. Yes. They're operatic. You do Klingon yes. opera, and they should be singing yes. opera in Klingon. What were they doing? They were rapping, right? No, it was K-pop. It was like a K-pop. I assume the K standing for Klingon in this case. No, unacceptable. No, it, I, it was it's not true to the characters. They would be singing their music. The, the humans are singing the you know, Broadway no, standards. Mike, that's where you're wrong. They weren't <clears throat> singing their music. They were singing the music of the universe they connected to. Which is why the Klingons were so fucking grumpy in this episode, because they were all being forced to sing like that, and that's not who they are. And that's why the Klingon, when it first switches on, he's legit, he's like, like trying desperately to not break into song. No, I didn't like that. Oh, no, that was the best bit. That was... That was delight. Because you can just do a Klingon, you know, like a big Shakespearean opera. You haven't heard Man and Butterfly until you've heard it in the original Klingon type deal. But like, nah, do a quick little bit of K-pop, which is funny. And uh, just kind of, it also shows sort of how out of control everything was. I thought it was a nice sort of, I wish I'd done it a bit earlier in the episode to add a bit of, um, <laughs> if <you're> actually, <laughs> a really dark joke with me, they do that. And then they realise that, <laughs> they realise the Enterprise has seen them do that and they all just blow up. They just blow their own ship up because they can't live with it. I just, 
<laughs> it's sheer disrespect forces them all to kill themselves. I don't like though music's meant mm. musicals. The songs are meant to reveal the character. They're meant to talk about the character. They're meant to be them. Like I appreciate that. Yeah, that they're under a spell, space spell to sing. That's fine, but yeah. it shouldn't make them behave inappropriately to their character. In my opinion, again, all of this is just my my bullshit pretentious opinion. But yeah, I, I if people are enjoying it, I think mean, that's awesome and they should enjoy it. But for me, it missed the mark, unfortunately. See, well, the the lyrics, the things they specifically sung about, were very Klingon. It was always like, why do you keep bringing us into your shit? Oh my god, we're gonna just kill all of you one day, and you're gonna fucking deserve it because we are fed up with the Federation. Was their general vibe, but they're doing it in a a song style designed basically to irritate them. Imagine if that's how the like the next Klingon war kicked off. Because I've already had like you know um, uh, Nurse Chapel's relationship has dissolved because of fucking Boimler. <coughs> yes, like which is I love that. That's just, that's just inexplicably brilliant, and I just feel like yeah, that's the next Klingon war because they had to sing K-pop. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I, I, I. Just I hope they'll return to the idea and do a bit better next time. That's my that's my hope. I, I, I'd like to see this cast try that again, but yeah. just just I hope the writers have the humility to you know do a bit better. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> that's that's as harsh as I'm ever going to be on this podcast. I was really oh disappointed god. by it. Yeah, didn't like it at all. Oh my god, it's, it's just ah. Oh. Now I know how you felt when volume came out. <laughs> you know, you know what I what I like more than. <laughs> Volume and this episode uh-huh. is uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, so about to say, you know what that was? I thought you were genuinely going to segue into. I genuinely thought you were about to say our sponsor, and then just like mention something, and, I, and it would be that bit in the podcast oh. I would skip. But I forgot. I forgot I'm actually in this podcast. Yeah, um, hitting that <laughs> skip bar and trying to get through it. Yeah. Did you like Top sponsor Gun? Block. Did you like Top Gun, Dan? Did watching Did this I... Top Gun justify watching the last Top Gun? Uh, yes. Um, I think that that is the best legacy sequel I've ever seen. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just Star Wars. Like, <laughs> actually, no, you know what it was? It was the final scene of Back to the Future, like the, the, the lightning strike in the clock tower scene. Yeah. But, like, the whiteboard bit before it, when he explains everything that has to be done, was Act 1 and 2. It's it's very I, I've I've seen I I'm, I'm a big um I'm a big fan of listening to Chris McQuarrie who's who was the writer and producer of this one, uh doing interviews and he said yeah the movie the job of Top Gun Maverick is to teach you how to watch the endings Top Gun Maverick, yeah and I think I think that's a good I think that's good I think to be honest that's true of a lot of things but I think it's particularly true of this film yeah yeah it's, it means that when you get to that end scene he's still like okay now we have to launch the bombs and suddenly the tension comes out of nowhere and it's you just yeah. like that you know every step and everything that can go wrong. i feel like i could fly a plane you know what i mean i'm wrong i'm wrong <laughs> but I, I look at it and i I, can't, I reckon i could work this I, out i feel like i could fly a plane as long as someone started it up for me you know in the air <laughs> i could have a good go yeah you know, just like, yeah, flares, chaff, <laughs> that bit goes left, push those to go left and right. Good, isn't it? Yeah, it's how planes work. Left it's and right. Simple. Yeah. They're always they're always up there saying left, 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 right. Left a bit, yeah. right a bit. Yeah. I've, I did that 24-hour live stream where I flew from, well, from London Heathrow to somewhere in New Zealand. Huh. 
And after 24 hours, I had to land a 747, which I had never successfully done before. <laughs> and I got that fucker down. And nice. that is the that's my coolest game. My understanding of planes is that getting it to hit the ground is not the problem. It's getting to it's hit the ground cleanly. Get it, well, I got it down. Bit of a bump. Yeah. Tray tables might have decapitated a few babies. But it on the wheels was down properly by the end of it. And then that's Matt awesome. came in behind me and forgot to put his landing gear down. <laughs> it just crashed. A fitting end, I thought. A beautiful Sources. fitting end. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't even know where to begin heaping praises on fucking Top Gun Maverick. It was it because I, I was watching. It, I was like, I don't think this should be as good as it is. <laughs> like, because it is just sort of, it's not handing it over to another generation. No, <laughs> which, which is, is a common theme with uh, Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, yeah, that thing that he, you know, there was just Hawkeye just looking outside the window crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was no... Because I really don't like when they go... Here's... Because if, if anybody else had made that film, they would have gone, here's Maverick, he's really cool. Here's the next flying kids. Oh, but he underestimates them. Yeah. Oh, and and they've, sh- they've taught him a thing or two. Uh, and some of them are flying better than him. Um, that's not what this film was. This film was Maverick's the best pilot, fuck you. And if you want to get to his level, fuck you harder. You're going to have to put the effort in. Yeah. And they do um, give the, you know, Rooster gets his heroic moments, but they're still contextualized as, you know, yeah. how they impact uh, Cruz's character. Is it yes. Norm? Norman? No. Nathan? What's his, what's his name? Rooster? No, the Maverick's name. <laughs> what's Maverick's real name? Oh, it's like Pete Blank. Peter, you're like, right, Pete, yeah. Peter. Peter Plain Bastard. Yeah, Peter sorry. Begins Mitchell. There it is. Pete oh, Mitchell. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's a really crap, boring name, but yeah, Maverick yeah. it's a good name. So yeah. who gives a shit? <laughs> but yeah, you're um, right. No, it doesn't it's 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 unashamedly still a movie about Tom Cruise. And I think that was the yeah. best way of doing it, to be fair. Um well, it's, it's like all these films where they're like, here's the next cast. And then they go, this cast is better than the last cast. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's not exciting. I here's want here's a crap. baby version of all the characters from the first movie for you again. Yeah. Yeah. But with the powers of the end of the <clears throat> fucking trilogy, you know. Yeah. You got Ray running around going, oh, I can do mind control of this and that and all these other things in the first one. I'm like, where does your character go? Like, where is the next bits for your character? Uh, it turns out nowhere. <laughs> it turns out nowhere. Um, but, like, I don't know. I, I just... I, I just... I want them to go, look, here's the next batch of... I keep referring to Star Wars because it felt like a Star Wars film. Because it literally was a trench run, right? It was literally building up yeah. to a trench run and an assault on the Death Star. They had to shoot a missile through a fucking tiny vent. Uh, he it's... even he even via his call outs to Goose is like being one with the force at key moments in the film yeah. as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. That legacy. Well, I mean, it's got that bit there, but that is. All, <laughs> I mean, just to point that bit out, that's when when Rooster goes, "Come on, talk to me, Dad," and then is and then Maverick comes over the thing, yeah, to give him the information, and I just loved the father son relationship that they were getting. Mm-hmm. It's a good film, it really is, and it's it's a it's a it's a slight film. It's not like a big. The stakes never felt higher, like 
I mean, they, they felt higher than the first one because there weren't any in the first film. Like, nothing happened, and then there's a plate, and then it kind of ended. Um, but there was the stakes one, like, this is, this was, they were like, this will be bad for us, and we'd like it to go away. But eh, if you fuck it up, like, the stake was about getting them out of it alive, right? That's the, that's where the, all the training was focused on, and all that was, you know, it was like, you have to be able to get out of this thing alive, and it just became chaos and bedlam, and uh, Michael loved it. I loved every fucking second of it. Yeah. That that last sort of like 45 minutes I was just like I want all films to be this fun and exciting and just like fun. Fun's the word. Fun is the word of the day because it was just fun. It really is. It it didn't get bogged down. I I really liked that Rooster's problem was a ah oh, my dad died because of you. It was you didn't put my application through when I thought I deserved it. And he's like you didn't deserve it. And that's uh, that's just that feels better. Holding a grudge for thirty years just makes characters look like little pissy bitches. But like actually having this sort of like a real grounded down to earth reason, like the stuff of his dad is like like just a bit of extra flavor onto someone that he dislikes. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. No, I, even I, the bit where he, he got the <clears throat> manual and threw it in the bin, which I think is the most used trope in any of these films. I also just can't get over like the quality of the um, the photography of the of the planes, and I'm sure a lot yeah. of it is CG. They they kind of downplayed CG when they were promoting the movie, but uh, that's not there true. There were a few shots where I was like, <clears throat> "That's definitely CG," and there was a lot of shots where I went. They could have died making this film. <laughs> well, they're in the planes, so the in the in the close-ups, those are they they hooked up. I don't know if you've watched any of like the behind the scenes stuff, but they hooked up. Oh no, no. So they're on basically they're being filmed on like next, next, next gen GoPro. So all of that footage of them in the cockpits, that is yeah. the backgrounds are apparently yeah. real. Um and they went up and shot just their sequences basically up, up directing themselves essentially doing their own hair and makeup. It's it's fascinating to see how that was all done. Um, yeah. There's a cute story of um, Miles Teller like forgetting to put his camera on at the start. His camera's on at the start of the shooting and doing mm-hmm. like a day's shooting without anything saved. That's funny because <laughs> we've all been there, um, <laughs> but not yeah. quite that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, no the. Um, Probably not with as high budget, um, but we've all been there. I think what was weird, what was what I loved most in this film about that stuff was the um, I'd not seen planes maneuver like that before because I guess you don't yeah. really like the, the like the way that they can kind of shield each other or or like just jump out of the way of something like those kind of very fast maneuvers. Again, don't know how yeah. much of it's CG versus you know stunt pilots, but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, that stuff was it, incredible. It was, like, it, unlike the, the first one, had its action was completely unfollowable. Like, it was just like the plane yeah. shoots by, but this was like long, lingering shots and wide shots, and I, I knew what was going on at all times. Like, that's amazing directing, considering what you're. Uh, I don't know anything. Like you said, I don't know anything about <laughs> plane combat. Anybody who's watched me try it on my on any video game ever, despite how many hours I put in a Falcon Four Point as a kid. Like, I don't know shit. Um, but I felt like I knew quite a lot when it got to that end bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're doing the thing. You're doing the wibble flip and your aliens. I know those. Yeah. And then there's a switch. You push the switch button. And then, of course, they find 
the old plane. That was my only mistake, I think, with the film, is when they find the old plane and he has to go back to the old girl. And it's a bit like, it does, you know, it's the Falcon sort of thing. But I'm like, these planes all kind of look the same to me. Like, I, don't really, <laughs> I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I thought I legitimately thought he was going to steal one of the these fifth generation future planes. No, um, no, because it's not the about enemy. what the film wants you to think about. But you see, this is a little subtext in the film. Dan is that the old planes are better than the new, better looking <laughs> younger planes. They're still yeah, valuable. They still have value. The old planes, but you're fine. Your kids might know what TikTok is, and you don't. But that's okay. You're still important. Watch the film. I promise you that Top Gun movie you remember watching from years ago, it was as good as you remember. It was as good as this film. Don't go back and watch it. It's as good as this. It's totally legendary in the sense that you think it is. Don't go back and watch it. Watch this film, which is actually listen good. Listen to the soundtrack. Feel free to listen to the soundtrack. That was a good thing. Oh, we got to talk about the soundtrack on this film, though, where they incorporate Danger Zone into the score. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. That, <clears throat> I, I, that's on my to-buy list. That played, uh, and yeah, the, the vinyl was ordered immediately based on that yeah. that, well, that moment. Oh, my God. Love it. It was, yeah, that's good. the sound, yeah, even though I got my little crappy bar speaker, that was a, that was some sound design. That was some, uh, and all that stuff. It was not as good as, you know, actually seeing them in the metal, but the, you know, like planes. Mm. <laughs> like, mm, too hungover for this shit right now. I, um... Actually, it was the, um, the the thing we were just talking about is yep wherever it was and then before the and then I was like oh I have an interesting point to make there uh, which will make the podcast even more interesting than it is already but I've forgotten it so how how was your week Mike <laughs> how's my week my week was uh, exhausting uh, so I'm trying to rest up this weekend I'm doing well on my model kits my uh, strange new worlds enterprise is nearly done oh lovely. I just need to do a couple oh. of more paint touch-ups and stuff now, but nearly there. I'll tell you what, Mike. Send I'll you tell picture. you what. I, I managed to get my Eagle Moss White Whale. Oh, nice. I got the Prober Enterprise C. They Someone had a stock of them and they got put online and I didn't <coughs> have one. So I am well chuffed. I'm pleased for you. For, like, not any real money. For a hundred and something less than the eBay price, which was a hundred and something pounds. So I was very chuffed. Like twenty something quid. I never so, found the Enterprise C a particularly attractive ship. I guess it's it's, uh, but it's great. The Prober version of it. Oh, what's that? Let me look it up. Ah, uh, so you know, in the the there's that lovely curved bit of wood in the Enterprise D, and it's got all the ships. Yes. All the Enterprises in gold. Uh, well, they didn't know what the Enterprise C looked like because oh. it was the Enterprise D. We hadn't seen the C, so somebody had to make up a concept <clears throat> of the Enterprise C, and it is. It's a fucking beautiful ship. Oh, it that's really... cool. Like, you've got the Eagle Moss one. I'm just having a look at it now. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Oh, my goodness. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, look at your little thing you've sent me. Yeah. I've got that as well. It just didn't take as long to make as yours, I would assume. Oh, man, the decals. I'm never doing... Well, I will. I've got. I've still got the Define to do at some point, so I'll probably make that, but I'm... I'm not going to make many uh, Star Trek ships because the decals are a nightmare because the amount of outtaking you got to do and all that. So yeah. fun fact with this, we are, me and Kerry are planning on doing a reproduction of that mural for our wall. 
of the oh, gold, oh. the gold, the gold ships. Get a, get some model kits and uh, and do the do the Enterprise wall. Then uh, you're gonna have to track down the probert sea. <laughs> I am, aren't I? That hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, you thought that was the Enterprise C. No, 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 no. That's the uh, the concept for it. Oh, but is... the B. But they got the B right. The B is an Excelsior class, even though they didn't know oh. on the wall. Wouldn't they have known? No, because B was course. Generations. Uh, right? Didn't we see? Yeah, I'm just thinking if we saw the B before. No, we wouldn't have seen it before. Yeah, you're right. They must have just gone, yeah, we'll just use that one. I mean, it's Excelsior, right? Like, they've used that for yeah. a billion chips. I do. This is a nice, this Eagle Moss model is nice. That's cool. Yeah, and it has been something I've been trying to track down for a long time. Oh, can you mount them from chips. above? That's cool. You can mount them from above? I'm seeing in the images of the Eagle Moss, there's, like, someone's put it, like, mounted sideways on a wall, like a, um, like a stag. <laughs> oh. I never thought about doing that. I suppose you could. Yeah. I mean, the stands are crap. Like, the stands have always been crap with Eagle Moss. I'm glad something else has got the license now. Um, but yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, actually, I've got another one. Hang on. I'm going to send you a picture of the other one that I got. Because <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're like this. I do one. want to do a 90s trek because the thing with that strange new world, with all the Discovery stuff, is that everything's that gunmetal. So you can't really yeah. see the decals. You, they're a pain to put on, and you can't see them. I kind of do want to do. Looking forward to doing the Defiant and doing a nineties uh, uh, pale grayish uh, starship. That'd be fun. I'm setting my pictures now. You can leave if you like. Yeah, just feel free. Head off. We're just. Oh, that is a. That's the. Uh, that's the shuttlecraft. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, that's very that is nice. The lower decks one because it's all cartoony. Oh, I did see they do a model kit of. Um, the I can't ever say it, the Ceratos. Cer- Ceratos. Cerritos. Um which I need to get. Yeah, it's a that is a pretty ship in a weird way. The Oh, what class is it? San Francisco? I can't remember. California. California, there we go. <coughs> I was in the I was in the state. You were. <laughs> you were. Um I guess I do another thing that I got, which I just uh, yeah, it's fine. You know, we don't talk about that. And now I've um, received a uh, Battlestar Galactica frisbee. It's not a frisbee. I know. That is the insignia that's on the wall, and it's metal. Mike, this is the heaviest thing I've ever bought in my entire life. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's huge. And I love it. Um, uh, it's a good film, wasn't it? It really was. It really was. I'm. Uh... It was better than it had any right to be. But no, oh shit, no, I remember what I was saying before I got distracted. Um, that I felt like they were setting up for him them to steal this new fighter. Um, and be- just basically because they'd mentioned, like, they're like, the enemy knows this one. We, you know, when he, we did the thing, and this fifth fighter is beyond what we had. And all these sort of stuff, like, I'm like, oh, this, if you want to do the whole, we're pushing forwards against this unknown enemy. Like, yay, it's going to be, uh, he can get the new ship and stuff. Um, but then they were like, yeah, it's only as good as the pilot. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, the, the fuck. And yeah. Like, I get the old one. Yeah. And then Hangman's going to save him. Which, again, fun moment. It's just good. I really, I do yeah. need the model kit of the uh, the concept plane from the start, which isn't a real plane, obviously. Um, but they worked oh, yeah, with I... an actual, they worked with um, Lockheed Martin to 
So the military industrial complex heavily involved in the making of this film that we both love. Um, yeah, again, it didn't make me want to join the Navy yeah. or the Army or anything like that. It made me go, oh, yeah, this looks like a, a thing I definitely don't want to do in any capacity. I mean, I'm just honestly, like, from a overarching narrative, it's it's horrible that America has been in a forever war with, you know, the enemy. <laughs> the enemy, the unknown enemy. Australasia, whatever the fuck it was. Wait, it wasn't Australasia. That's a continent. Oh, fuck it. Okay. Um, no one's read Dark Knight for it. Doesn't matter. Uh, the, the yeah, whoever they are, whatever war they're doing, where you can just bomb an airstrip and it's fine. And that's not even like the reason. That's not even. What they do. That's not even why they're there. They just bomb an airstrip because fuck it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was nice, and they actually used flares and chaffs in this one. We got to see Val Kilmer again, which was nice. Uh, and then he died, which is less yeah. nice. Yeah. Only in the thing. He's still here now, right? Um, I think yeah, no, he's still alive, but he's he's uh yeah, he's he's not in a good place. Well, we were going to. I was do genuinely our next shocked episode. he was in it. I didn't think he was going to be in it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We were going to do our next episode of sort of like a Val Kilmer sort of film special with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and uh, Top Secret. Yes, because um, I couldn't think of any other. Th- but but now I want to do musical episodes. Maybe we should do a musical episode, the, the Val Kilmer special, and then I think by then that Mission Impossible will be out. We can finish the series off. Sure, sure, sounds good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other films Val Kilmer has been in, and you know what film I remembered? The fucking schlocky B movie greatness that is Red Planet. You ever seen Red Planet? Oh, I don't know if I did. No, I don't think Fuck. I did. It's great in like a really shit way. Like it, it really, it's pure like fifties schlock. It's so good. If you're into sort of like they like they go to fucking Mars and this guy tries to kill himself by taking his helmet off, but the air's breathable and you're like, oh shit! And I'm like, yeah, I'm so into them. <laughs> and there's a robot that's like supposed to be the helper, but it tries to kill them. Oh, it's a whole fucking thing. It's a great film. Starring Val Kilmer and Carrie Ann Moss. Which is an interesting combination. Mm-mm-mm. Nice. Um, there you go, yeah. Um, you should, everybody listening to this should just go watch Top Gun Maverick, even if you don't give a shit about planes, Tom Cruise. That's the two things that are in it. <laughs> That's it. That's why I think it works. Because that film is yeah. planes and Tom Cruise. And occasionally yeah. motorbikes. And a woman a who I was like, hey, you look different. <laughs> and I went, oh, she's the 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 vaguely mentioned admiral's daughter from the first one. Yeah. Instead of the other one. That, that was a bit of a controversy when the film came out. Oh, it's always a controversy, isn't it? Well, they needed him to sort of. It was him. It was him sort of grounding himself, isn't it? It's kind of his last sort of thing. Mm. If he's already in a long-term stable relationship, that doesn't really work for his character. Exactly. Yeah. I got to tell you what, though, that in that opening scene where he hits Mac 10 and then he just does that look. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking excellent. I'm so in because you could just see that. He just he hits Mac 10 and then he just cuts on Cruise. He's like, yeah, but like, what if I went just a little bit faster? Yeah. Um, oh, it's perfect. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. And then he enters that a bar. He's all fucked up. And he's all like, but to a bit. <laughs> 
where am I? And the little kid goes, Yeah. That's so good. That's such a funny proper space man bit. It's it's a fucking excellent film. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm I'm learning so much about the world of movies. <laughs> this is what this podcast has done, but like I literally cannot get over the fact you've not seen Muppets Treasure Island. Who hasn't seen Muppets Treasure Island, Mike? I know. I'm sorry. It's the it's like the debate of which is better, that or Christmas Carol, is a long raging debate because they are legitimately equally as good as each other. And it depends how close to fucking Christmas it is for. Uh... Oh, Mike, you're going to love it. It's a musical, <laughs> Mike. It's a musical episode. I'm excited. I'm kind of just wrapping the podcast up because I legitimately think Mike's about to fall asleep. I am about to fall asleep. I'm so hungover. Um, yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll watch that. It'll be great. I can't wait. Can't wait. Well, you, you don't have to. It's available on Disney Plus and wherever the fuck has Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also Disney Plus. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never seen it. This would be weird because I've legitimately never seen a single second of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't so, think um... it. I think a lot of it might go, might be lost on you character development wise. And there's a few cringy jokes that you're going to cringe. But that's okay. Well, we we could have watched Xena with the bittersweet, but uh, guess you want to watch this one that you think is where it all started when actually they just copied the image. Have you ever seen Xena? Like I used to watch that religiously when I was little. Have I ever seen Xena? I don't think I have. No. Oh my god, it's amazing, Mike. You're I should. Out. I should. I will. I, I mean, it's old, but it's like, and it's got the really fucked up ending. But like, it's. Just... Yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it. Yeah, Zena's got a great ending. Like it really is. It's a great show. Okay. Anyway, that's yeah. I'm gonna let Mike go and sleep now. I need to go to sleep. That was our, <laughs> and I'm gonna go and do these last little tidy up bits of a book. She's done, and is gonna be sent on Tuesday. It's I'm so proud of you. Well done, man. Genuinely, that's awesome. It's only uh, 166 thousand pages long. Awesome. <laughs> oh God! It's all over yeah. now. I'm, Don't have to worry. And I'm proud of you anymore. for you know <clears throat> volume and that Tron thing you did and whatever it's you're doing. Hollow now. words, hollow words at this point. <laughs> hollow words. I got to think of another excuse to not give you an award when the game's uh, thing comes up because I really like your fucking stupid Tron game with its words and its no jumping. You should just give me an award. <clears throat> Maybe maybe the, the real award was the friends we made along the way. Oh, no. And that's, tr- that's true according to your Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to just let me check something. There's, there's another guy whose Wikipedia... Is his Wikipedia? I'm just going to have a look. The, I think it's the John Wick Hex Wikipedia page. Basically, Ben, who's my uh, external producer... Um, his um, I think he's basically referred to only on Wikipedia as friend of Mike Biffle. Um, <laughs> he likes that a lot. They should they should change it. It's friend of Daniel Hardcastle's friend Mike Biffle. Yeah. Please do not deface Wikipedia articles. Yeah, Wikipedia the game the, the, the game John McCakes originated after a casual discussion between game developer Mike Biffle and his friend Ben Andak. And that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. And uh, he's, he's, 
We need to get him a page. Can someone make Ben Andak a Wikipedia page, please? Because he deserves, deserves one. He's awesome. It's the um, claim to fame, being yeah. friends with you. But, uh... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, oh, hang on. What the fuck's that just popped up? Oh, no. I don't, I don't care. Oh, John Wick was nominated for some awards. I didn't know that. How the fuck do you not know that? It was your game. Is it because it didn't win them? Oh... Yeah, no, didn't win them. Didn't win them. Um, oh no, we won a Game Critics Award. <laughs> what? I like that you're discovering that you won an award. Oh, that was that was anticipatory. That was yeah, that was the uh, the E3 was it? No. Oh, I'm really confused. Yeah, that was the E3 one. Yeah, so it was a uh, yeah, got it. Oh, we were update. We were. Uh, I didn't know we were nominated for some MCV Developer Awards. That's hilarious. I had no idea. <laughs> well, good you know it's never getting nominated for an award, Mike. Is it volume? No, I was going to say this podcast, but way to fucking self-flagellate there, Jesus. Let's <laughs> say this podcast. Is, are there podcast awards? There's probably podcasts awards. Ah, oh, should we win a podcast award, Mike? How do you win a podcast award? Do we need to have like? A British comedian on it. There's only I like three of those it. left. We need to hurry up, Mike. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough <laughs> week for British comedians in general. Let's get yeah. David Williams in quick. I, I will. Uh, how long a podcast do you want to make? Um, <laughs> Just one, one episode. We might be able to get it done. With this whole podcast, there's been two like fucking. Fucking thirty-year-old men coughing at each other. Do you still describe yourself as a thirty-year-old man? Yeah. Okay. I'm, th- I'm thirty. Yeah. Okay. Thirty. Yeah. I'm thirty enough. You are thirty. Is your is your flaw? Yeah. 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 It's the, my biggest flaw. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with being just thirty, like mm. me. Yeah. I'm yeah. like I'm doing it. Um, I'm just I'm rounding. You are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna round. I'm doing IGN rounding. That's, that's good. my that's my. So you know, up to seven just goes down, basically zero in it, mm. and then eight, nine, ten, bosh, straight up. Yeah. And on that bombshell, everyone, thank you so much for <laughs> listening to the podcast. Uh, we've been your hosts, uh, Mike Biffle and Dan Hardcastle. And Nominate us been... for a, a podcasty. We'd like to. Like we a... want all the awards. Let's get us awards. What Let's awards can we have? Most begged for for awards. Yeah. <laughs> Guys who would not show up about wanting an award. The award. <laughs> oh, we wouldn't win that. This isn't I've an award. This is. isn't an award-worthy podcast. It's barely a podcast. I think the award this podcast deserves is podcast that nobody thought was going to get more than three episodes, but is inexplicably running longer than the show it originally decided to be based upon. Or the (laughs) era of the show, sorry. It's not older than Doctor Who. No. Not yet. Citation needed. When we're we're 70 or 80. No. Doctor Who will never die. Doctor Who is brilliant. Doctor Who will keep going. Yeah, but we'll, yeah. Will this podcast ever die, Mike? I hope so. I hope so, Dad. <laughs> and on that bombshell, Bobby Stretcher Island next week. Bye. bye.